0: We are here in the studio today with Mr. Tom Rosie. Uh, Tom, you are very active in the Midwest 501st Garrison, and you also are the producer director of a new documentary film called Behind the Bucket. Um, so, Tom, uh, how did you uh, first get connected with faking Star Wars? What brings you into the studio today?
1: Uh, first and foremost, I was a big nerd and a fan of Star Wars. So, you know, when. When you have a chance and opportunity to take your fandom and use it for, you know, anything that's good, it's it's very, for me, inspiring. Because um, uh, when I would go to conventions and things like that, and I would see Five Hundred First members, which I'm a part of, uh, I was just wondering how that's even possible. Are these paid actors? Are these who who are these people? And before I ever even knew the name cosplay, you know, I just would. In wonder of you know a line of stormtroopers being led by Darth Vader or other Star Wars characters that I would see at conventions, but then I would um, you know go to the booth and I would talk to them and, and see how you know it was obtainable and how it became uh, you know something I could do. So you know years later after I had the finances and really the drive to want to do it, I um, started putting together a costume. And um, I went through the approval process just like everyone else, and um, I was accepted. And I started what we call trooping, which are events that we do. And everyone joins for different reasons. You know, we everyone's costume is is different. So depending on what you like and what you enjoy, uh, that's what you're going to work towards. That's the costume you're going to try to build. I went for a stormtrooper. I love armor, so I love the dark side. I like. I like the bad guys. Uh, I forgot um, to
0: introduce you as actually your real name, TK43017.
1: Yes. So you obtain that uh, TK number when you are approved. And, um, you know, if you're not familiar with the movies, the, the stormtroopers go by TK numbers. And so... According your number never changes if your if your costume changes but you know the letters in between changes so stormtroopers are known as TK the Tuscan Raider which is another costume I have is like a DZ but my number then is tagged onto the back of that so the point being is that this is something I've always enjoyed I've always I was born in 1977 I'm 42 Star Wars has always been a part of my life and so I have an opportunity now to wear these costumes that i've seen on screen uh to to you know make children and adults along you know a long smile when they see me and just kind of lose their you know (laughs) their sense of you know what's going on so when i first joined it was all just about wanting to you know be part of that fandom and kind of find my tribe if you if you will and then you know, when I learned a lot about the the charity aspect of it, that's what really drives me to keep going and keep doing it. I have a special needs daughter, and my uh, daughter spent quite some time in the hospital, so I'm used to that that environment. And you know, there was there's times where I had my daughter in the hospital, and I'm there for weeks on end, and I would have people come into the hospital uh, to kind of break up the monotony, you know, even if it was just a, a wonderful nurse that we had, but there would be people that come in and, you know, offer coloring books or jugglers or um people doing magic. So sure, sure. when I get an oppor- when I get an opportunity to do that um in a hospital dressed as a stormtrooper or whatever other costume, um, you know, I get to take that child's, you know, out of their environment for a little bit and distract them from that. So those are the kind of things we we really enjoy as, as a garrison and as a community. And so, you know, people are used to seeing us at those conventions where, where I was exposed to it, but there would, they really don't know is the amount of money and, and causes that we back up and the amount of money that we raise directly and indirectly, uh, directly by raising the money ourselves and indirectly just by being a a presence, having our presence there, and causing a draw to that event. Um, so, it's something I really wanted to focus on with with my documentary. is something that's the story I wanted to tell. Um, behind the bucket is the title, and you know our our helmets are, or our masks are called buckets. So, you know, I wanted to talk about the people behind the bucket and the many different personalities that are in the club because these are people from all walks of life, you know, and people that I may not have associated with if it wasn't for this umbrella love of Star Wars. This crazy,
0: obsessive fan community, right?
1: <laughs> right, exactly. So, you know, y- you you find someone, you already have that in common. Um, then you have the idea of, you know, wanting to give back and, and wanting to make people smile. So there's just like this community that is um, a part of, you know, nationwide, worldwide that you are associating with. So it's very fulfilling in, in that aspect.
0: That's great. I mean, the 501st is a is a global organization at this point. And I think I've just seen their profile really rise even in the last five or six years with the sequel trilogy, um, a lot more tie-ins with things like even sporting events or, or other things mm-hmm. like that. So it seems like the opportunities for uh, your organization are also uh, increasing, which is, is wonderful. Um, but I like the fact that you come right out of the gate saying, you know, this for you is, is also about charity. How, having that perspective on, on using your interest in star Wars or something good is, is very uh, life affirming. You know, um, we here at the podcast are also uh, great charitable donators. Uh, we have, we've donated something like 98% of our proceeds to charity. Um, you know, mm-hmm. of course, that's the, the proceeds are, are probably a little less than uh, you might imagine, you know, uh, might be what you might make in an hour uh, if you were, you know, working in 1817, um, you know. But uh, we we do also appreciate that, and uh, we've tried to do our best to support charities like yours, which is why we wanted to have you on in the first place, you know. Um, so so talking about being uh, in the 501st, now you're the part of the Midwest Garrison out of Illinois, if I'm not mistaken, and how is it mm-hmm. organized? Are you kind of at the top? Uh, are you the Emperor Palpatine of the Midwest? Where do you fit into their uh, superstructure of social organization and control of the? Uh, the stormtroopers in Illinois.
1: So, uh, to basically break it down, you know, it, it's it's sort of built like a, a military in a sense that there's uh, we call the garrison because there's twenty five or 20 members or more within our garrison. Our garrison, I believe, is somewhere close to 250 to 300 uh, members just here in the state of Illinois. Uh, garrisons can be representative of a state or even an entire country. Um, if you are have less than 20, you're considered an outpost or, or something along those lines. So, you know, it, it really depends. Like, our garrison split because we grew. We were the Midwest garrisons, so we included indiana um we eventually just grew to this point where we were split and indiana got their own garrison and and things Mm -hmm. like that so where i am as far as ranking is uh nowhere really specific i i do um belong to the um Command staff, which is a part of a uh, self-policing type of, you know, um, part of the garrison where, you know, there there are certain people put in charge of um, handling things, maybe the social media aspect of it, maybe the PR, which is something that I, you know, take care of uh, or maybe, you know. Um, you know, the finances, because there, there is money that comes in and there is, you know, slush funds and stuff like that. So we, we all have to, like, kind of structure it in a way that we're, we're, there's people sort of in charge, you know, and there's, it's a big family. So you, you, you know, within a family, there's sometimes drama and there's things like that <laughs> that, that come up. So, but the, the common goal is obviously, you know, the charity work and, and to keep those going. But what's more important is that, any garrison member um, anywhere in the world has the ability to um, contribute as much or as little as they want. Uh, if you put on an event, like I'm an event coordinator, I can I can make an event for something that I want to see happen. So if, if I want to help raise money for breast cancer or um, animal rights, I can make that event as a member I can go to an organization or you know a shelter or something and I say I want to help you raise money and this is how I'm gonna do it I want to show up in costume I want you to make flyers or whatever tell us tell people we're gonna be here let's let's get people motivated let's wave that to them on the street whatever whatever it's gonna take make it fun so as an event coordinator you know you're kind of organizing that and so once again you can be as involved as much as as you want. You you can have or be a part of someone else's event and just take part in it and and troop you know their events or you can take the lead and you can do that for yourself. So great. Um, that yeah, that's another thing that's really great about it. You know, we here in the Midwest Garrison obviously we're not so much right now with COVID going on, but we can go do something every weekend if we wanted to there there are so many events and we get so many requests that what ends up happening is once the requests come in i like myself would say oh i like that event where it's close to home or whatever reason i would want to to pick it and i get in contact with that person who is putting in the request i become the event coordinator and i organize it and i and i put it through the proper channels and get other people involved and Bring them out and make the event hopefully special, and then sometimes those events become annual events. You know, if you do doing well
0: and people are excited about it, you know, you get yeah. good recognition. Sure, sure, cool.
1: Exactly. I mean, when we do the Thanksgiving Day Parade, that's that's a huge event, you know, or C2E2, like hmm. a uh, comic book events, Those are huge events. But there's always one event coordinator that's involved in that and helping organize people and getting. Getting the, the things going that, you know, like for a, a, a comic book convention, for example, there's there's so many things going on, you know, there's sure. um, shoot the trooper or, you know, so that's that job of the event coordinator to to kind of like, you know, hurt, hurt those hurt the members and, and, and get them involved in, or, you know, keep them everything organized. The logistics
0: of like, you've got to be in this place at this time so that this kid can, you know, uh, you know, get a picture with you and then go over yeah. here to this and where you're humiliated by another group of people uh, throwing tomatoes at you or whatever they want to do. Right? Yeah. So like exactly. if, if you are have these ends with all these people, I may just uh, you know, use my clout as a uh, podcast host here and ask you if, if you'd be considered to do a, an event for a clinically obese star Wars podcast host, because in light of the <laughs> COVID train, the, uh, the pizza bus has basically on, been on an infinite loop to my house um, and it hasn't been kind so I mean would that be the thing where if you had like a small need like you mentioned hospital visits I mean that would probably not take too much of an event coordinator if you're just going to visit a few people in the hospital right so it's a little bit more informal in that case?
1: No actually that's that's very um, there's a lot of rules involved in as far as uh, you know seeing children in the hospitals and you know there's, there's things that are involved as well as is, is signing off and and not every child is honestly wants to see you they're sick you know they're they're tired they're going through things and they you know they may not be up for it or may not even be a star wars fan so you don't know what you're going to get right when you go into a hospital environment and <laughs> all the all the it, children
0: run screaming down the ward take me home <laughs> take me home yeah that wouldn't be yeah. very successful or look very good for pr would
1: it <laughs> no but but you know the thing is too is that like those events are ones where you really wish like you don't get to see anyone you know like you're happy if you got to see a bunch of kids but you're you're also happy if you only got to see one or two because you sure. know that if you're only seeing one or two that's only one or two kids that you know are, are in there and 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 suffering or whatever and a lot of these kids are literally on their deathbeds and it's wow. it's hard and you know uh it's kind of it almost sounds cliche but you're you know a lot of people will say that you're 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 happy that you're wearing something over your head a bucket a helmet you know because you're in tears you're in tears yeah it it, it's hard to see it's it, it you know and there there's individual kids that we work with where we get them full sets of armor or a helmet or something and we just make their day you know and next month they're gone sure you know and and as anyone that is part of that event or that, that, you know, that process, you know, they will never forget that kid. I I've interviewed many members, uh, during this process. And, um, all I have to do is ask that one question and that is what is your most memorable event? And Mm -hmm. almost immediately the eyes start tearing up. Waterworks going right. Well, that was actually my
0: next question for you was, I mean, you know, you have some history now with the 501st, maybe, maybe not, thinking about, uh, some of the, uh, some of those really sad hospital visits, but I mean, what was your like most memorable or favorite event that made that was most uplifting for you, I guess, uh, in your experience?
1: I mean, if I'm going by uplifting, it's, you know, it it is going to be the hospital events, but it's also going to be those, you know, like the breast cancer walks and, and, and things that we participate in. But, you know, I mean the, the, for me, what I really enjoy is that my kids are involved. Um, my son is a Jawa. You know, I built him <laughs> his costume when he was when he was young enough, and he's he gets to run around and be mischievous. And my daughter, she'll come every once in a while. My daughter has special needs, you know, so uh, we, we do as much as we can with her. But she's a mm-hmm. big Star Wars fan. And, you know, but like when I get to do these events with my kids and I get to see my son because he gets to be behind the scenes a lot with a lot of places, you know, like if we go to the Sox game, we're we're behind the scenes there. And I mean, just wherever event we're we're at. And he's he's seeing the, the charity firsthand. He's seeing the you know, he's he's putting the effort in. And when he's in costume, too, he's even taking on the personality of the character of the Jawa being mischievous and, you know, playing the role and and getting down to kids levels. And, you know, if they're afraid and then just, you know, engaging with them. And so that's, you know, I don't really know where else or what other kind of, you know, experience he could have. Uh, like that you know so
0: well if he um, hasn't had the chance to work through the uh, language yet uh, Faking Star Wars through uh, association with uh, Rosetta Stone we have a module uh, that we're bringing out just in time for COVID uh, in Jawaese so if he needs a little extra uh, nice. linguistic uh, assistance you know we would offer a discount um, you know if you use keyword Goober 10% discount for you uh, I'll double it since you're doing charity work yourself so nice <laughs> but you do, you do you do get serious about it I mean it's, it's not just wearing costumes right being being part of 501st is is adopting the kind of the motion and the actions of stormtroopers of the villains of of whoever you are playing as as your costume and so i can imagine you know going on parades or being in public some people might be very surprised and so what kind of unusual or weird things have happened you know uh with with people who saw you maybe not understanding what's going on have you had any kind of unusual experiences in that way
1: uh yeah well I, I have a Tuscan Raider too so if you're not oh, familiar well. with that they're also called a sand sand people sure <laughs> um you cannot see out of those masks worth anything and they're pretty rough I uh I had a pretty funny uh, story with one of those there was a group photo and I I needed to cross an entire convention to in order to get to the photo booth but I refused to take my helmet off because that <laughs> will character you know sure so i'm i'm wearing a sound glove and if you're not familiar with a sound glove is it's basically uh, all the sounds of the tuscan ray or the uh, uh, you know whatever at, at a push of a button so i can just be go with a couple different fingers and i have five different you know um sounds sound effects that i can use programmed so sounds I'm in the glove trying- yeah and 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 you talk about java Java sounds my son's got the same one so i don't know he's he's kind of cheating there anyways but um
0: we'll cut him some slack he's a a youngling still yeah
1: yeah i'm using the sound glove as a horn to to make way through and people are wanting pictures and um once again i cannot see anything and i'm i'm focused on one of my Garrison members who i'm following and um all of a sudden I just feel this large boom at my, my right leg. And I, I do what I can to look down and see what I just hit. And I just knocked this little girl out. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I took her out right? and I, I didn't know what to say or do. And my, my buddies who you know, farther away from me. So I just went ur, 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 with my song glove and I said, sorry. And I oh, just my... can't walk in. <laughs> oh, my but, goodness But you know, there's those there's those moments um for a second a, there um, I thought
0: you were going to say that you ran into uh, T Brontor who's a co-host on the podcast who was at Star <laughs> Wars Celebration last year he actually got arrested for riding on a Millennium Falcon bird scooter and it's you know he he ran into some people and it sounds like he could have used that sound glove horn on oh. his scooter so fortunately we got him out of Hawk uh, there pretty quickly <laughs> but wow so I'm assuming the girl That's was good. okay no permanent yeah you
1: yeah, she was fine. Everything was fine, but that—that that is not as bad as the the kid that I saw swept off his feet, literally, by a mouse droid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we had a we had a member that uh, had a mouse droid, and they're uh, controlled by remote control. And I don't know if it just got too far away from her, but it lost signal, so it just kept going. It went rogue. This, <laughs> it went rogue, and this mouse droid just literally swept this kid off his feet and he had no idea what happened. How has that yeah, never was... been in a star Wars movie or like the Mandalorian? Like that would be glorious, you know, <laughs> revenge yeah. of the mouse droids. like. <laughs> yeah. So you, know, you, you get those, you get those laughable moments and things happen, but you know, costuming is hard sometimes. I, I just put on a Wookiee, um, not too last convention. I I'm walking around on stilts and it was great hot as heck but man it was great and you know the one thing you don't realize when when most people come up to a wookiee and they go to hug them is they're put. they think they're putting their arms around a wookiee's waist but what you're really doing is grabbing my ass so because <laughs> <laughs> because i'm on stilts so right, you right. Know, and everybody wants to hug a wookiee you know i mean there there's there's this um i don't want to call it stigma but there's this definitely like hierarchy of of people freaking out when they see you in a costume so you can be like this face character and people think it's it's pretty cool you know right. uh you can be a stormtrooper and everyone's like oh so cool you can be vader same thing so cool but when when someone sees a Wookiee, that they, they lose their mind and they want to hug you and they just want to be next to you and yeah so you're just getting felt up the whole time. Sounds like but, you need one you know. of those uh <laughs> those
0: fist gloves for your ass to like as an alert system to keep too many people away, you know, when they're hugging yeah. you too vigorously. <laughs> or
1: maybe, maybe maybe something vibrate back there, I don't know. Right, right, like an <laughs> yeah. electro
0: shock, you know, like if you get too too fresh on the Wookiee's tiny. Yeah. <laughs> Well, oh, that's funny, though. I, it's cool to see yeah. you know that you've been devoted to doing different uh, costumes. I mean, you mentioned the Stormtrooper one, of course, Sand People, Chewbacca. Um, do you have any costumes that you're thinking of uh, for the future, maybe out of the sequel trilogy or something new that's come about? I was interviewing Evie Cosplay, who's been to CC, uh, C2E2 recently. She's done um, the Mando uh, Lorian armorous uh, costume, mm-hmm. the armorer. Um, anything out of the newer stuff that you're interested in, uh, maybe, in the future? Oh,
1: God. I, I would, uh, any, anything on screen I would love to build. It's just a matter of time and money. But um, I do have two Shadow um, costumes right now. I have a Shadow uh, Trooper, which is black on black. Um, so that one's coming in in the next couple of weeks, and I cannot wait for that one. And I also have a Shadow Biker Scout. So wow. it's a Biker Scout that's all, once again, black on black. And um, I do have Mandalorian armor. I'm actually looking at the box right now. It's still sitting in the box. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I'd like to put the Mandalorian armor together. But what people don't also kind of realize is the Mandalorians are actually um, the Mandalorks, which is a whole separate um, club than the 501st. It's apart it's, from the
0: 501st. I'm sure it's related, and you work together. Yeah, or,
1: yeah, we work together. Same thing with the Rebel Legion, which are all the good guys. You know, the w- Wookiees are Rebel Legion. There, there are some costumes that hold. Um, both, you know, clubs. Um, hmm. they're, they're, they're like the Tuscan Raider, for example, is one. You can be a part of the Rebel Legion and the Five Hundred First. I'm trying to think of another one. Uh, but you know, there's just there's a, there's a few out there. But and, you know, for me, I'm already so involved in the Five Hundred First. I I never even submitted my Tuscan Raider to the Rebel Legion. Um, we I work with them so much you know you know at events anyways i get to see all of them it's, it's all parts of our family you know we're all extended family so i don't really necessarily need the, the credit in that in that club you know to to feel good and what we do you know and most garrisons do too is we we keep track of how many how many events we troop and um we had a member just recently hit his 501
0: oh so nice. 500,
1: yeah 501 uh, troops in his, in his entire lifetime. So, um, so do you yeah. get
0: like a giant death star cake or something or like <laughs> a big party or something when that happens or,
1: well, one of the cool things that we do here as a garrison, uh, not everyone does it, is we have an awards dinner every year. So no one's dressing up except for literally dressing up suit and tie. It's a really nice event for, you know, those that significant other that doesn't really understand what the heck you're doing, yes. you know? <laughs> like So, um, but, it's a really nice event and we hand out awards and, um, you know, after your 10th troop, your, I think 15th, your 20th, you get a pin, um, you get, you know, different shot glasses or glasses, whatever. There's, there's always something. And then you have a nice dinner and you recognize everyone's, um, you know, skills and, and things that they've done throughout the year mm-hmm. uh, there's trooper of the month then there's trooper of the year and they get an award and then you just make announce there's announcements for upcoming things and goals and stuff so it's a really nice thing that our garrison does for for our members you know so, a, a way to kind of just like be like we had a good year it was great everyone you know and just kind of recognize everything we do and it helps motivate us too to want to do it everyone has their own entry points though you know and on why they love Star Wars, mm-hmm. like the movies, you know. Like for me, when someone says they like Star Wars, I'm thinking I'm going OG, you know. I'm like, oh, so you like the original movies, you know? And that's just not the case, you know. Everyone, you, maybe, come in from the prequels or the video games or the animated series. So, you know, you have all these different uh, people coming to um, to these events, you know, and you you don't know where they like. Or how they came to love Star Wars, and you know, you just want to um, help celebrate that in any way. And so, this, you know, this when they when they get involved and and you know, they use their their um, their ability or fandom to get involved and do something and help raise money. You want to recognize that, and so that's what our kind of awards dinner does.
0: Cool. And it sounds like that might be an opportunity for socializing, for networking, for planning for the next year. I mean, I was listening to you on uh, NPR. Uh, You were on NPR this last year, and uh, you're talking Mm -hmm. about how you were at a a mixer or kind of an after-party sort of thing where you were discussing um, the actual documentary uh, that you ended up creating, but actually came out of an event kind of like that where you were getting to talk to other 501sts. So so coming out of that, like, you know, you're working with um, independent filmmaker B.J. Rainiac, and I guess your cinematographer is uh, Michael Detterman, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, so so how did that happen? That where you met these guys, you got to talk to them. Were they part of the 501st and then you decided to do this documentary together? Talk about that process a little bit.
1: Yeah, no, not none of them were part of 501st. Well, and, and when it all began there, they weren't. Um, the way it happened was I've once again been a fan of all nerd them. So, you know, I've been sure. that kid that goes to the comic store and conventions. My dad took me to. So, you know, when you, you get to those events like C2E2, which is a, one of the largest events here in Illinois, you know, you once again, you're with your people, you're with your tribe. So um, I had an opportunity to talk to BJ through my sister. And the way that happened was I was out to dinner with my sister and my brother-in-law and my sister knowing BJ from previous um, years, she said, there's this guy that you would love, Tom. He makes movies. Um, he's a big nerd like you. And, you know, like, you guys should probably work together or something. And I'm like, okay, well, give me his number. And I actually called him or text him that day and I introduced myself to him. And I said, hey, my name's Tom. Uh, I make costumes and props. You know, my sister is Sarah. And she thought, you know, We get along and he was like, that's amazing. He goes, actually, I I just finished a movie and I have a table read coming up and I think it was in the next month or something or next few weeks. And I it was just timing. And I I I worked as a um, as an extra in a few movies in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And I really got to see the filmmaking process. And it was something I was interested in. And I really loved. I never went to film school. I never did anything. Um, along those lines. I uh, always art, you know, I was a big art guy. Um, I draw a scope that, you know, costumes are just another medium for me. Um, But I went to this table read and I got to meet him for the first time and I got involved. I was handed a script and I was um, asked if I can take care of this one scene where they, it was a movie called The Rocket and it was about cross country uh, running. And what ended up happening was we um, there was a scene where the guy gets spiked, you know, on the back of his, his Ooh, calf. Painful. Yeah, yeah, and I guess it's a real thing that happens in cross country um, because you know you're you're running off course and people don't really see you and there's I guess there's some some things like that that happen. This, and yeah, the this one was the one true. time
0: I ran uh, in my life, uh, I, I fell over immediately, so I can totally yeah. understand and relate to that. That was yeah. back in uh, 1984, I think, the last time I tried to run. So,
1: <laughs> There you go. But um, this was a true story, too. So this event actually really happened. But mm-hmm. long story short, they asked me, is there a way to make these spikes, um, you know, without hurting the actual actor? And I said, yeah, I could take care of it. So I put something together. Um, once again, long story short, we never ended up even shooting that scene. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, I spent an amazing two weeks on set filming, networking, connecting with people like, like Mike Fetterman. And um, I used to see Mike at the conventions. So um, one day after a convention at a at an after party, we're sitting there talking and I'm telling him a little bit about the club I belong to, the 501st. And um, I'm telling him, hey, we're about to have an anniversary, which we are one of the largest garrisons around and, um, you know, we were going on to 20 years. I said, it'd be really cool to do a documentary about our garrison. And he was all for the idea. And, um, the name behind the bucket came out of that night. Um, it was just something I blurted out and we really didn't have a plan. We just knew, we just started filming. So we started, um, getting connected with each of the events and we started, telling everyone to hey we're bringing a camera along and we're going to film this event so we knew what we want to tell but with a documentary you can't really script something like that out so we kind of had to find the story um the story started to end up being that you know where it was going to be some my point of view so I became the POV of it it's not something I was really wanting to do I actually didn't want to be on camera at all is you know so but you know as a storyteller i have to um you know, you know Mike being a storyteller and dave which is our our chief editor i had to trust their judgment and i had to you know be like okay so i started doing the narration for it and um really trying to drive the story and then you know you go through the footage too you know we have a, an amazing team of people and a lot of these a lot of people on this on this particular um, you know project have donated their time. Well, I'm sorry, all of them, all of them have donated their time. No one's getting paid for this. This is a complete passion project. But I have people doing sound. They have an IMDb you know credit. I have you know people that worked on films and are they're these are filmmakers and they're they're behind this project. You know they're passionate about it enough to want to tell the story and. It's almost kind of you know, poetic because that's what the 501st does. It sort of parallels they, they,
0: the whole story of what the charity is. The people people put their own money into their costumes, right? I mean, it's not like right. I can be like, I want to be in the 501st. Please buy me a Jabba costume, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, exactly. You, you so, put in what you want.
1: Yeah, and so everyone in the 501st is putting in their time, talent, and efforts. And the same thing with this documentary. and. These are, these are people that are not involved in the 501st. So through this process of filming, Mike Detterman became a member. I, I, we actually um, did buy him a costume. I, mm-hmm. um, everyone got to see him because he's in Wisconsin. So he's driving you know, quite a bit to come out to Chicago or anywhere in Illinois. And he's he's a monster, man. He's, he's, he's just doing it. And he's, he's not questioning it or complaining about it. He's coming out and he's grabbing this footage. And you know, people recognize that, and he's he's doing it all on his own dime. And um, you know, I wanted to get back. I wanted to do something for Mike because it's been a lot of t- times just me and Mike, you know, sure. yeah. behind the, behind the camera. And so, um, I wanted to get, put a costume together for him. So we we got him a um, reserve pot, uh, reserve, you know, uh, so it was the jumpsuit, the hat, the boots, all that stuff. And I, I, before he was on the boards or any of the Facebook. Things I want to all the members to say, hey, you know, this guy, you've seen him around. I want to do this for him. And everyone gave us money. You know, they all contributed and and we were able to put a costume together for him. And um, yeah, and we were able to induct him and now he's a 501st member in the Midwest garrison so well, that's inspiring uh, you know
0: um, I recently had an accident where I fell going out to my uh, my Imperial uh, speeder and my helmet <laughs> cracked and I put out I put out a call for for money and it was like crickets. so I'm gonna have to yeah. I'm gonna have to talk to you about your not only your film but your promotional uh, strategies because they're they're more successful than what I've been acquainted with so I think that's compelling when you get people supporting something you're doing and there's a lot of buzz around this documentary so you know people are gonna be asking where can I see this what's the status us what's going on with it where are you with the production right now
1: we are in the final stages we are editing covid put a, a halt on a lot of things we were supposed to have a premiere and i was supposed to grab some footage of some things i really really wanted and mm-hmm. wasn't able to get um so it caused us to be creative a little more creative and um it also gave us some more time to to, to, to tweak it a little bit so we're, we're kind of using it to our advantage and then since that time we we've taken on a, an illustrator um so i i just did some vo voiceover work for um some illustrations that are going to be going to be placed in there um we also picked up um a guy to score the music you know like this is you know like instrumental beautiful stuff and another guy that sure. is going to mirror that music with his guitar playing and so we're going to have a variety but all these opportunities you know came up through this documentary that we we didn't expect you know we ended up on good morning america you know in the in the newspaper um all this stuff and most people are just going off our trailer that we've been able to show and we were invited out to it um ireland you know for their film festival so i'm i'm excited to to do that while COVID's going on. It Hopefully, next year allows us to, to kind of put it out, or we're going to put it out this year, but travel to film festivals. And then the plan is, you know, once it comes out, we're going to start doing like 48 hour watch parties, uh, give people to watch at home. Then we're going to give people to watch it in a the theater, hopefully, when things go well. And then, uh, the eventuality is it's going to be released to YouTube so that everyone can just watch it and share it. And once again, no one's making money on this. The, the only promotions that we're doing is something I came up with was to get, um, Instagram and, and, um, people in the community to take a selfie with their, 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 uh, my sticker, you know, and sure. that's been really successful. That's been something that's been, you know, really, uh, helping, get the word out because you know you have all these influential instagrammers and you know people in social media that are supporting behind the bucket you know with by just buying a sticker uh, donating a dollar fifty a sticker you know Uh, i got patches coming next and things like that so um but all the money I make off that is just going towards buying more swag, which is able to get to the people that they that want it. So you know, so they it's can a help cycle, promote. right
0: back into the production, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. So are yeah. you basically so, funding this through your own funds and then the generosity of strangers? That's essentially how this production has been put together. Yeah. Wow. Ex- wow.
1: Exactly. This is this this is um you know this is my own money of everyone's own money everyone's chaos money whatever you want you know everyone's equipment whatever yeah yeah no we've not done a go fund me or nothing like that and you know I don't want to um it's almost like I don't want to reach too high for the stars either because like you know this is a Disney product in a sense you know this right it's like yeah so you know I don't I'm not looking to make money off this. I, I I'm looking to hopefully motivate people to, you know, want to get my cinematographer, my editor, all the people involved on their next project, you know. I want people to um, see this, love it, recognize it. But my my mission statement in this in this documentary is I want this to be as much of a story, but I also want it to be informational. I want one I mentioned that loved one that may have their husband or their wife that goes out maybe a few weekends to troop and they don't really get it maybe, you know, they mm-hmm. don't really understand why they're doing this. So I want them to be able to draw their family member, their 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 significant other to this movie and be like, This is why I do it. Look at this. You know? Yeah. And and then I want I want those who maybe even have those those um stigmas about you know the members like who they are like are we just a bunch of nerds to know no <laughs> these these are policemen these are firefighters these are you know garbage men these are people from all walks of life sure that are doing this and I we have lawyers and I mean just people would you know I mean it it doesn't matter you know people are involved and I wanted to you know I want to obliviate any stigma. And I want to, I want to just educate people on what we're doing and why we're doing it.
0: Very cool. I think I think it's going to be successful. There's there's so much buzz already around it, and I, I look forward to seeing the final product. I mean, I have seen some clips and that, and it looks great. The production value is very high. Uh, Thank The sound you. quality also uh, excellent from from the clips that I heard. So that's always nice to hear from a podcaster. So um, now I did have a question for you. You know, there've been a few other big YouTubers who've done like Star Wars related fan movies. Um, some of them have mm-hmm. been very successful. Some of them have had some uh, have run into some problems with the mouse you know guarding the gates there now because this is a documentary you probably have a few more liberties in terms of like what you're allowed to to show or portray I mean the the characterizations the costumes I guess those characters and likenesses are patented I guess by Disney in some fashion Mm -hmm. so so how do you navigate that as a documentary filmmaker where you can produce this film without any issues from Disney
1: Well, there's there's rules, uh, of course, but there's there's also things like, you know, we'll use a convention, for example, um, anything you film at a convention, when you buy your ticket, you're already releasing your likeness, you know, like if you're a specific cosplayer or something like that, and someone films you, I just found myself literally on a new Disney show. Um, when they filmed here in Chicago, uh, <laughs> celebrate, yeah, no, I was like, my sister came over, there's this new Disney, and I, I'm I'm sorry, I forget the name of it, but basically the premise is that they take someone that works at Disney and they follow them and they, this is just a, basically a brief short documentary about them and uh, their involvement in Disney. And, um, they got to this, um, one girl who is working at galaxy's edge and they had footage from Celebration, which was just here in Chicago, and that's I "That's right, yeah." Oh my God, that's me. That's, that's <laughs> me, and I knew it was me because, you know, pe- people. Uh, it, it's kind of weird, you know. I, I, of course, I'm in costume, and you don't see my face, but I know that's me. Uh, and you ask, you even ask my son, he knows that's me because, even though we're in costume, you know how people stand. You know, sure. you know how their presence is, and then there's little, little things. You know, like 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 I always wear a pauldron, always. And I True. knew exactly where that was. I remember the day that was filmed. I didn't know who was filming it, but I remember that. I remember where I was standing, and that's all of it. You know, just came together. I'm like, crap, that's me. That's oh, that's so cool. really
0: cool. So, so Disney is totally cool with you doing the documentary, though. I mean, they don't have like, uh, you don't have to consult I mean, them or get like a a signature from Bob Iger agreeing to not press charges for copyright <laughs> infringement or whatever. Uh,
1: I mean, we, we we didn't look into it, but you know, it, like I said, we're we're covering what we're basically doing, is we're covering our our specific garrison, okay, the Midwest garrison. Yeah. What's what's uh, important about that though is that covering the Midwest garrison is not excluding everyone else in in the 501st. It's actually transferable. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, sure. Like, it's relatable to any garrison all over because everyone has the same goal everyone has the same um the reason and and we're not we're not crapping on disney or the movies or anything like that we're talking about a part of this fandom that came this this subculture you know and so there's there's no real direct um you know line to disney that we're we're actually you know violating so Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. you know i'm not a lawyer (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's either i either one of two things are going to happen either or i i'm kind of you know you can hope for or whatever you know it's become successful to the point where you know you know people are just like okay that's cool and and we're not the first ones to do a a documentary i'll first either so it's it's been done before we're just telling this story differently and you know the other thing too is that um you know, the reason I ask is because I
0: could just I could just foresee you know since uh, all the money lost on uh, Solo and the Last Jedi and all the the fear about the future of Star Wars I can picture if it's successful the mouse coming in and trying to grab some uh, grab some credits out of your purse you know uh,
1: well there there ain't much to grab like I said this is <laughs> that, and and that's why we're I'm always very specific on um, like anything with the stickers for example it's this it's a donation you know I'm not I'm not making any money I mean I. I'm losing my, I mean, you know, I, buy. I'm shipping anywhere in the world, you know, so I'm buying out of my pocket stamps and envelopes and those little (laughs) things that all add up. Right. So, um, but I'm just, I'm just happy to get the word out and, and I'm doing my own promotion. I'm doing what I can, um, you know, if we a cease and ex, yeah, a cease and desist, what, <laughs> it is what it is. Or, may- or maybe we get, hey, an invitation to come out there and be like, you know, talk about it. I don't know, you know. See, uh, that's
0: that's the real hope. I think, you know, we have to get on Kathleen Kennedy's uh, Twitter and uh, let her know ahead of time so that mm. she can uh, acquiesce to, uh, you know, agree <laughs> to, to let this thing uh, explode, basically. But um, I don't think you're going to have any problems. Like you said, there's been many documentaries about the 501st in the past and being a yeah. charity organization as well. I mean, Disney would really look back if they were trying to uh, get any uh, promotional rights to this or whatever. Um, so so where do you see the future being now? I mean, you, you've been coming at it first as a cosplayer, now as more of a filmmaker. Um, you know, the next step after promotions, after you run the cycle with the festivals, um, what do you think your next step is? Are you going to really up your co- your uh, your 501st uh, costuming, or are you going to focus more on maybe making another movie about fandom?
1: Uh, actually, that's already it like it's, it's been talked about. Uh, I would love to do another documentary and the one thing people, I don't think they realize about documentary is I, have been on set for two movies now and you know, they wrap within, you know, a month or a week and then there's post-production obviously, but the, the filming part is that, that quick. Right. And a documentary, I, you, we've been filming for two years, you right. know, it's a very and, different you,
0: process. <laughs> it's a
1: very, very different process. And you know, you are filming the events as they happen so you know those events are happening far and few between and you're not trying to push the story in any direction you're not trying to script it you want everything obviously to be natural and and that does come natural uh, but i do love costuming and i do love the the fandom and all of that and so one of the things i've discussed is to do just a broader a documentary about fandom and something i would like to cover so it's it's not a full-fledged project yet but it's, it's definitely something i would love to do which is be more broad in the the family of you know dressing up or costuming and i would like to cover things along the lines of you know um renaissance fair or furries or you know oh definitely something the, yeah something along the lines of even um you know reenactment you know why and what causes people to, to do these things, you know, and why, why they feel passionate about it. So I'd like to tell that story and, you know, maybe, maybe this documentary will lead me and help me to, you know, work on that next project. And so, you know, you, you just do things that, and you, in the hopes that, you know, it'll lead to the next big project and the next passion that you have. So, and then, you know, my passion might change too, or I might discover things that in the process, that, you know, I, I didn't know the the process of filming behind the bucket itself has been very, uh, fulfilling because not only have I been able to sit down with my, my very own garrison members and, and do a quick interview with them, but I got to learn about their personalities. I got to, I got to see about, you know, what drives them to do what they do. And, you know, it, it, it almost just reinforces why I do what I do. So, you know, you you get these opportunities that come up. You know, there are, we do have some celebrities on behind the bucket too that that wanted to talk with us. Um, and you know, I spent three days with Ray Park, for mm. example. You know, he he's an amazing guy, and he was very gracious enough to to let us hang out with him and film him and interview him. And um,
0: we've been trying yeah, to get I him was- on the podcast. So give him uh, give him my number. <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> But you know, like you know, I still I still have contact with him. I, you know, I um, so he's you know he's a good guy, and and you know everything um everything like that. You know these, these opportunities you don't expect, right? And that's I think that's what it's about. You know, just just trying to tell your message, to get your story out, to associate with people, to and and to learn something. I've learned so much. I learned so much what it means to be a director a producer you know a part of the filmmaking process and that is caused a new passion in me you know uh Sure, sure so you know you're you know you go back years ago in my life i never thought i'd be doing what i'm doing and the fact that you know i i've made props now for movies is something i've always wanted to do since i've seen the behind the scenes, you know, movie for for Star Wars. And you know, I'm not doing it on that scale, but I'm doing it and I never thought I would, you know? So, uh, amazing. Yeah, 42 years old and you, you don't you never really want to stop and give up on your dreams and what you want to do. I mean, I have I've had things that hold me back, you know, I have kids and I I don't want to take jobs and don't have insurance and and all that kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. I'm still able to juggle uh, a real nine to five job with my passion.
0: That's a really positive message, you know, for Star Wars. And I'm just, you know, thinking of the how badly that message has been ruined by toxic fandom. Like, for example, faking Star Wars radio, what is like, you know, (laughs) out of your experience, what message do you have for a fandom, for Star Wars, for the future? Like, what would you like to see? the next iteration of star Wars be entered? Like what is your message about star Wars and then that kind of positivity for the future going forward?
1: I'm, I'm at, I'm on the side of it is a great time to be a nerd. You know, I am, <laughs> I am in this place where I am watching, uh, these characters that I grew up with on, on comic books come to life and I'm, I'm getting new star Wars movies. I mean, I was once again born in '77, and when *Return of the Jedi* came out, th- there was nothing besides books, you know, and and all this stuff. And so, no one ever thought they were gonna have more movies. If they're good, they're bad. I, it's just these these nitpicking, you know, things that that really bother me about it. George Lucas said himself, the movies were made for kids, and hmm. the one point that I think I always go to and and try to remember when I want to even maybe nitpick something myself like Jar Jar Binks or anything like that is uh, something that was an epiphany to me. Something I never realized because of where I was in my life and that people hated the Ewok.
0: Oh, absolutely. They wanted to set them on fire in the streets, you know, these uh, conflagrations of Ewoks.
1: Yeah, and like I never knew about that, right? I, I mean, because I was right on the cusp of, you know, being that that demographic that you know were the Ewoks were you know for me I can't imagine the movies without them you know and I love the Ewoks I mean I think they're they're great but when I hear people say that they hated them and when that in that time in 1983 people hated them you know it, it almost is like this mirror that I'm seeing with the new movies and I think you know people are going to start recognizing as the older they get and you know and once again We talked about entry points where people love Star Wars because of the prequels, because that's what they were introduced to, you know, so those who want to keep just crapping on the movies or nitpicking them, I, I just have to tell them chill the hell out don't take the joy
0: out of it for people too that's my other thing is like have your stupid opinion about the color of uh bib fortuna and the special editions compared to the originals or whatever the heck you want um and some of the editions obviously are pretty pretty nasty but just kind of live with it have a beer and don't rob other people's joy at the same time as you're having your stupid opinion that's kind of my take
1: Right, and and you know the biggest thing I hate is you ruined Star Wars for me. You took my childhood away, and it's just it's just you know I think it's just ignorance to be honest. And (laughs) I, I I mean really, you know uh, you know uh, you'll have people nitpick like, well that couldn't happen, and like well people are flying in space, dude. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Or or they're they're doing all kinds of things that couldn't happen. So you just have to uh, take it with a grain of salt. Now, with that being said, on the flip side of that coin. I, I will say that there is good, there is some good to it because you you don't want studios to just push out garbage, you know. You don't want them just to to give you you know whatever they think is going to be their cash cow. So there, I think there's a good side to to being critical, but you know, being overcritical is just sometimes you know that 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 balance. I think you need to everyone just needs to. Adjust now. Being critical to the point of wanting the movies to be the best they can—that's one thing. But being critical to the point where you're telling everyone or or even yourself that Star Wars is ruined for you is just—it's just ridiculous, you know. Um, So that—that's where I stand on that excellent
0: well i hope that we get to see that you know come out a little bit as a sub theme in the in the documentary here the next year um behind the bucket is the name of the of the documentary uh tom rosie here with me in the studio in topeka kansas and just a joy to talk to you and get your perspective on the 501st and costuming and charity um you know just just a pleasure so where can our fans get at and follow you and keep up to date with the uh production on the documentary behind the
1: bucket yeah so um Instagram is, is our social media on there and it's called behind the bucket doc, D-O-C. It's all one word. Um, and then you can follow us on Facebook, which is behind the bucket um, Twitter, which is behind bucket and then behind the com which is our, our um, web page. And uh, any updates will, will most likely be on our social medias. And then eventually uh, I'm still building the, the webs, the web page, but um Yeah, if you guys want to contribute again, like we talked about, you know, you Mm -hmm. can reach out to me and everyone that DMs me or messages me gets me personally and, um, you know, get a sticker or just just talk about us. Just help promote the movie. I mean, organically, this is the best way um, we've been able to to share our our trailer is over uh, almost 200,000 views. And that is just complete organic sharing you know by the fandom and um, It's just it's so cool to see this community and I I love them all. I love Star Wars Celebration I love the the conventions where I get to be with my my family So, you know if you guys want to give us a follow on any of those social medias and help share and 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 follow us I appreciate that. Um, Once again, my name is Tom Rosie you find me on Facebook, but I most likely <laughs> won't friend. Won't friend you, anybody. yeah. Yeah, if if I don't, if you're not a, in part of Star Wars community or a personal friend, it's just one of those those things. But you know, please uh, follow our fan pages, and um, so you're you know, saying
0: you're not going to be sitting down for a cheeseburger uh, with anyone <laughs> who wants to talk to you uh, that they met randomly on the internet. What could possibly <laughs> yeah. go wrong with that, Tom? <laughs> right, right,
1: exactly. I mean, unless you're a hot girl, hot right. girls come straight to the front line <laughs> <laughs>
0: very good well I was gonna ask you about that I did see a picture of you with a slave Leia on your Instagram and I was gonna ask if you were if when you uh, met her were you reprimanding her for using um, <laughs> a, outdated uh, you know a gender gender trope in her costume that Disney has just abandoned or were you were you there to try to censor her or give her a new costume what was going on there <laughs> uh,
1: that, that, that's uh, that's Elisa and uh, actually she's she's amazing she's out of Texas and she runs the slave Leia um, like girls she she, oh. she does all that yeah so oh, wow. at celebration I, I ran around with her um, in her slave Leia sounds like I need to have her
0: on the podcast next
1: <laughs> yeah basically being her bodyguard because you cannot walk around a convention just wearing that without someone with you right and but um, yeah but w- it was great we actually organized the uh, slave Leia photo shoot uh, there at celebration and so that was that was amazing. We got the mandal mercs involved as security. And, um, so we had a bunch of Mandalorians, um, you know, basically, uh, securing, um, all these hot ass women. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) That's a tough job. That is a difficult job. My goodness. Well, well, there was a few dudes there too. So right, right. It's it's all good. Hey, you (laughs) know, uh,
0: we're gender yeah. non-binary, pan, pan-galactic, uh, pan-galactic, uh, uh uh consciousness here in the Star Wars world. Mm-hmm. So, well, it's been absolutely. my pleasure, Tom, and uh, thank you for stopping in. And uh, you know, um, definitely give him a follow if you're out there listening. Uh, Behind the Bucket is a documentary, and when it comes out, we'd love to have you back on and talk about the, uh, you know, how it's received, and the, and from that, how you go with the festival. So, hopefully, we can have you back in the next year or so.
1: I absolutely, I appreciate it.
0: And it was just wonderful to have Tom in the studio recently. And that's all for this week. So um, if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can follow Faking Star Wars on Twitter and Instagram, at Faking Star Wars, and at Facebook at facebook.com slash realfakingstarwars. If you have a question for us, submit it on Twitter using the hashtag FSWRadio, and we'll read it on the next episode. You can also get some official Star Wars t-shirts and other gear at bit.ly slash FSWMerch. Uh, support the site by picking up some t-shirts. Christmas is just around the corner, folks. And you can also follow me on Twitter at StormDuper. If you like what you hear and want to support us, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash fakingstarwars and sign up to become one of our great patrons. Uh, You not only support us fakers financially to keep making this great content that you love, but you'll get a fantastic reward, such as early access to podcasts depending on the tier that you join at. You can join for as little as a buck a month. Be like Darth Taxis and Keith Harmon, who are two of our faithful fake Jedi Knight Patreons. And if you've not written this review yet, uh, please get on iTunes, Podchaser, or whatever uh, Podchaser caster site you use, and give us a five-star review. It helps us to appear when people search for the term Star Wars on their podcast app, and we want everybody to be listening to this drivel. If you go ahead and write a funny review, we might even read it on an upcoming episode. And one more thing before you go, we'd like you to join our Discord server. It's a, f- a fully free online chat room of fakers discussing Star Wars, other nerd culture topics, and occasionally even playing some games. It's gotten a little quiet in there recently, so go ahead and join at bit.ly slash fswdiscord. Make sure it's FSW in all caps. Stay tuned to FakingStarWars.net for the best quality Star Wars comedy, parody, and satire. Thanks to all of our fantastic listeners for listening, and may the foe be with you.